Welcome to the One More Rep Podcast, where we take you beyond the barbell. And now for your host, Mo Dingo. How you doing, bro? I'm doing wonderful. Much better. Much, much better. <laughs> it only took me a couple of weeks <laughs> and many, many hours in the front of the mirror holding the <laughs> fake microphone. <laughs> good, good. Your, your hard work is showing through. Thanks, man. So today, we're, gonna, we're just going to dive right into it because we got a lot to talk about. So with the CrossFit Open and the CrossFit Games coming up, we're going to talk about something that I actually didn't, when I first learned about the games and all that stuff, I didn't realize there was this segment of the games and talking about the teams. Yeah. I just thought it was individuals, you know, because that's all you was really popularized. And then the first time it was on television, I think that I watched it was 2011. And um, I was like, oh, there's teams too. Right. Like I had, I had no idea. Yeah. Because it's like, it's mainly about, you know, focusing on the individual athletes. And I didn't realize like it started on Wednesday versus, you know, I think, you know, traditionally it started on a Friday. And then, you know, there's a couple of times where Castro threw some curveballs in there and started a day early. Right. Doing all kinds of craziness. Going into the teams portion of the game, as far as the history of the teams in the CrossFit games, and this is coming from uh, games.crossfit.com, the first CrossFit games took place in 2007 at the ranch, which if I'm not mistaken, that's actually Castro's family's ranch. Correct. Where it took place. Yep. Uh, there's other farmers or something. Uh, I don't know. I just know he was a seal. <laughs> <laughs> he no, can kill I, you with a spoon. <laughs> Wow. Okay, John Wick. <laughs> so the first CrossFit Games took place in Aromas, California at the ranch. And that uh, team series was actually determined by how the individuals placed. And it was based on their affiliate. Okay. So whoever's affiliate had the highest placed athletes, they gave them points, I guess. And then that's how they determined who the affiliate won the, the affiliate cup for the very first one. Right. The affiliate cup. I mean, that's, that's a big change from then to now, huh? Yeah, significantly. <laughs> Basically, if you just showed up with a whole bunch of people, right, no win. matter where they placed, you win just yeah. by volume. And that was won by CrossFit Santa Cruz. So we fast forward a couple of years to 2009, and this was the first time they actually had a separate uh, team competition. There were 100 teams that competed in four events, and this was actually teams of four, which I didn't know until I started doing the research for this episode. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Next, The following year is uh, when they introduced the sectionals into the Road to the CrossFit Games. And this was also the year that they moved the CrossFit Games from the ranch to Carson, California at the Home Depot Center. And also with that, they changed it to the format that we're all currently familiar with, which is the team of six. Right. Three men, three women. And also, coincidentally, this is when the first Masters competition took place, which, again, you know, I learned a lot doing some research. What year was that? 2010. Okay. Fast forward to 2011. This is when we enter the Reebok era, and Reebok enters that 10-year agreement to brand the crossfit games made it explode made it explode uh, made it more mainstream and also the event was covered by espn for the first time right i don't believe it was live nope i think it was delayed it was actually it was taped and then re re-aired, re-aired. like a, a week or so later maybe uh, yeah, a i don't weeks. know the, the time frame but yeah it was definitely not live and also with this was the introduction of the crossfit open which we all know is like the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> the open is coming. Yeah. And I also believe that the first open had six events. Is that right? I'm not sure. Okay. I, man, I, I forget the first year I did the open, but uh, I, I know it sucked and it still sucks. And 
I still suck at the open. <laughs> it, uh, I was just uh, a beginning CrossFitter at this time, so I really didn't understand all these things. I just heard about the open and, I, and they were saying it's online. And I didn't understand what it meant. I just know we showed up at our gym on Saturday and everybody counted everybody's <laughs> reps. I was DJing. And, and you know, in between your reps or no, I was, oh. I, I didn't compete. I didn't know what the hell any of that stuff was. And I was just happy not to die after a workout. Right. So then moved to 2012 and really the only change that came with the team series is that now each individual had to compete in each event, which I guess previously you could kind of, if someone, you know, was a badass gymnast, but didn't have the strength, strength. they could just be, you know, kind of hidden or sheltered from that particular event. And also, I mean, I vague, I vaguely remember that. I mean, even though it's, it's, it's still more current, you Mm -hmm. know, it's, I didn't pay as much attention to the open 2011, 12, mm-hmm. really, because it was just really kicking off yeah. as far as that. But yeah, I we did, didn't really understand like the significance of it at the time. Right. Yeah. Where it was going. It's still new. And it's, that's hard to believe. It's only been, well, less than six, well, yeah, less than six yeah. years ago, basically. And also part of the additional change to that is, I guess, previously, the, how your individuals finished in your affiliate kind of towards your ranking as a team. But in 2011, if you had people from your affiliate that qualified as individuals, they took those points away. Okay. So, because I guess they were stacking points. So the person was getting points for their ranking as an individual. And those points were also counting toward the team series as well. Right. So that's now the, still the current rule. Mm-hmm. So if you go individual, all points are taken away from them. Nothing really happened for a few years, except for in 2015, that, or sorry, yeah, 2015 is when they had the significant change to the regions. They went down from 17 to eight. Right, went to super regions. Super regions, mm-hmm. and then the way the seats to the games were distributed based on the number of boxes per right. area. And the, I like the super region. You know, there was always a, it, not a joke, but the region, there's so many regions. Mm-hmm. So if you went to regionals, it was like, okay, it was an accomplishment. But now that they have the super regions. There's nowhere to hide. It's not only there's nowhere to hide, but when you qualify for regionals, that's a, a great task. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because it's so much more competitive now since it's condensed down Mm -hmm. and you're going against, you know, higher competition in in the smaller regions. And now if you go to regionals, it's like I said, a a big deal. It's pretty significant accomplishment. Right. Even if you don't, even if you don't qualify for games, right. It really is. Mm -hmm. People want to qualify for games, right. Mm -hmm. But you can really hold your head really high when you qualify in this super regional as an individual. Well, and you, and if you consider that only 30 teams go to the games to get to regionals, it's still pretty stout. Very, very, yeah. And some people have made comments to me about, Oh, well, if I was in this region, I would have made it. And I didn't really understand that. So I started, remember looking at uh, the regionals for the teams and looking at some of the, I think it was Asia. I think I looked at and like some of the teams, like in some of those regions, like only like a handful of teams competed all the workouts. Exactly. Yeah. And I think you made a good point is, you know, back, I would say prior to two, 2012 and prior, you had our, our region, Central East, mm-hmm. right? Which is now the Central. Mm-hmm. It was the most stacked male division mm-hmm. across the board. Because right? you guys had, you guys like Holmberg. Froning, Froning, Bailey came out. Yeah, Bailey right? went out and then moved right. to the West. Well, I'm saying yeah. our region was stacked. Yeah. People were moving, men were moving. To get from, out of yes, this region because it was a move, beast. They knew. They knew they could not beat them. Mm-hmm. So they, 
why train all year knowing that you cannot beat the you can't the, break the top three you can't break the top three mm-hmm. right so yeah people were literally moving out of our region just because of crossfit which to me is nuts mm-hmm. but you know they're getting jobs and things like that mm-hmm. at different regions and coaching um, and then they were actually qualifying for regionals down at that new region mm-hmm. right so they were they were great athletes and it showed when they would relocate to a different region, they would instantly qualify for games, mm-hmm. right? So they knew, they knew. And just like anything, it's all about your competition. Yeah, absolutely. So then I think really the reason why we decided to pick this topic is we fast forward to November of 2017. Yeah. And after the invitational mm-hmm. at the cooldown show, Dave Castro made an announcement that we were going back to a four-person format like we had originally back in 2009. Right. Uh, And this is a quote from BoxRocks.com. Castro also said that he believes this will help affiliates to create much stronger teams and will widen the competition and make the events themselves more exciting. (laughs) It's still going to be 40 teams, but now it's 40 teams of four versus 40 teams of six. So, I mean, the secondary impacts of that, what, what, what are those? Well, first off, when you reduce down from six to four, here's the hard part of having a team of six. The team of six was, it was hard to find that third female. Mm-hmm. It really was. You would typically have a very, really strong female physically mm-hmm. with decent gymnastics. Mm-hmm. You'd have one that's very, you know, would have great gymnastics and or be a, uh, I guess, a utility person. Like where, a workhorse. Yeah, they, they, could do, they could do the gymnastics and move some weight, mm-hmm. right? Um, moderate, that, yeah, moderate yeah. gymnastics, moderate weight. Yeah. Then that third girl, you know, you typically have, they would struggle with muscle ups. They would struggle with, you know, certain elements of the open. But they could snatch a smart car. Well, yeah, <laughs> but they just, they weren't, they, you, you had a hard time finding that strong third female, mm-hmm. right? In order to make that push in the open, mm-hmm. right? So that's where people were falling off. So this really goes into the topic we were bringing up, going from six to four, now it's completely a game changer, mm-hmm. right? And some of these affiliates were sending two teams already, two with teams six. of six, absolutely. So, so what, now, what yeah. does that do? You know what that does? You, you are are at, they going to send three teams? You know from it. One look affiliate. At, look at Mayhem. That's a perfect <laughs> example, right? They most likely could send three teams mm-hmm. to regionals. Okay, if they send three teams to regionals, what happens when two or all three of their teams qualify to go to games? So that means now one affiliate is now set, sending three teams mm-hmm. to games from one region. Yep. And it's because who doesn't want to train with Froning? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Right. Everybody wants to train with Froning. If you want to be good, you, you will go to where the best is. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not that he's creating this stable of people because in all honesty, I don't believe he does that. No. Right. I mean, I see it otherwhere other places which we'll talk about but he doesn't do that maliciously mm-hmm. right he doesn't sit here and openly recruit like the people that he's that have come to his gym have physically picked up their lives and, and moved. moved absolutely like lindy barber lindy barber one. Yeah. yeah literally moved yeah which that's legitimate they yeah. go there they work out there all year mm-hmm. and then so i can't hate on it but no. what's going to happen is you know it's no longer an affiliate cup I, you know what i mean <laughs> it's the it's going to be the mayhem cup Mm. right or you know there might be a team that squeaks in that could beat out that third spot mm-hmm. but what if there isn't yeah that does that really represent our best or does that just represent a gym that is stacked mm-hmm. they send who their best is yeah because one of the things that i immediately thought about was those fringe teams 
Yeah. Like those ones that were just squeaking in, you know, they were maybe like, cause uh, I think a good example and, and not taking anything away from them because they were very strong boxes like CrossFit Centerville a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. They were on, they were like a bubble team they, and originally they didn't make it. Right. Something happened to one of the teams mm-hmm. that qualified for regionals. One of their athletes got disqualified and their whole team got, got flushed out. Mm-hmm. Centerville bumped up. Right. I'm sure since then, since they have that experience that that's going to help them significantly. So could they have qualified under the six person format again this year? That's, that's within the realm of possibility. Right. But now that you shave those two bodies off and now you're having these, like, let's just go ahead and say it. Mayhem's going to send two teams. Right. At, at, at a minimum. Absolutely. They yeah. already sent a team of six. No problem. Yeah. Right. They're picking up. I don't know if Nick Palladino is going to go individual who's crushed the CrossFit games as a teen athlete the last couple of <laughs> years. Now he's trained with Froning. <laughs> right. He's already. Can he even drink it? He's 18. Yeah. He's going to murder. He can't even rent a car. <laughs> yeah. He can't even rent a car. <laughs> hey, mom, can you rent my car? I got to drive the games. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? So, of course, he's going to, I don't know if he's going to individual, but he's training with him. Mm-hmm. So, if they, if you want to be smart about it, put him on a team, mm-hmm. right? Put him on a team with Let adults. him get some experience. Get, yes. Learn from Froning. Learn what it's like to work as a team, mm-hmm. our team. And then he can crush individual the next let, let him get on. I mean, granted, he's been to the games in the teen division, totally which, which is still yeah, very pretty significant. Absolutely. Like, I would probably crumble under that teen division, <laughs> yeah. even though I'm twice as old as those guys. But you put him on a team on that stage yep. with that caliber of athlete, because we have some sprinkling of last heat level individuals in the team series in, in the team competitions now. Right. So you let him work side by side with Froning and learn from for all intents and purposes, the king of CrossFit when it comes to the individual side and let him see what his leadership style is like, get him that experience, get him that exposure. So that way, when he comes back as an individual, he's like, oh, uh, this is a... Uh, no big deal. No big deal. Right? Yeah. Crushing it. Crushing and, it. And let, he, let him compete as an individual for a couple of years. Yeah. And then he takes over as the captain a couple, for Mayhem. He's, he's going to yeah. be... Say he's say he's 20. Yeah. Right. He does team for two years. He can't years. even qualify for masters for you know what you know, I mean? a decade, 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> right. So he can literally sit there in the individual division. Right. And I'm just giving an example mm-hmm. of one person who is coming where we, we've talked about in the past, how the teen division is now going to be the future of CrossFit. Yep. Right. We're going to see these guys for years, years and years. And it's cool because you can watch them grow. Yep. Right. From the 14, 15, mm-hmm. right. Age group to um, 16, 17 mm-hmm. age group. We're going to see you, them grow into adults, adults, and then go right into individual. So consider almost like a minor league, mm-hmm. uh, baseball or pro team. You mm-hmm. get to watch them develop, but they're going to develop right in front of, right us. in front of you. Yeah. And you're going to watch them just hell. They're already lifting just as much as some of the individual qualifiers. The as, kid from Brazil, the, the teenager from Brazil last year snatched, uh, yeah. 270 it was something, something like stupid and then dabbed afterwards <laughs> <laughs> right i mean that shows you his age <laughs> he's dabbing right but you know back on the topic is yeah mayhem could send two mm-hmm. and if not three so that's what we're really going to dig into what again secondary impacts to the community at large i mean know, what are some of the things that we might see as a result of this you're going to see more more and heavier recruiting mm-hmm. that's just the way it is mm-hmm. and it's it's already it's already reached a huge level of recruitment, right? So what do you mean by recruitment? For the longest time, I've known so many gyms that literally are trying to take the best athletes away from other gyms, mm-hmm. right? So say a gym 
doesn't have an doesn't have the skill set as an entire team, mm-hmm. right? To send to regionals or do well in the open, but they have one or two really good athletes. Mm-hmm. These owners, right, and other members of the team are contacting these individuals and po- trying to entice them to come away from the gym just to train at their gym during mm-hmm. the open season to ho- in hopes to qualify for regionals, mm-hmm. right? So when Castro takes us down from six to four, the recruitment is going to. He just, he basically opened the floodgates of recruiting and in, in, in his own words, he wants to create better competition, but it's no longer an affiliate cup. And it, this for the longest time has blown my mind. Like, are we really trying to find the best CrossFit gym that represents uh, their, their ac- actual gym at regionals and at games? Mm-hmm. It's no longer anybody's gym. It's how well can you recruit? Who can you rip away from another community by enticing them with either sponsorship, money, whatever the hell it is, mm-hmm. bringing them into your gym and saying, oh, this is our team. Bullshit. It's not your team. You know, that's just ridiculous. So just for clarity, uh, for those that aren't aware, I, I, I don't know what the exact date is, but it is, I don't know if it's January 1 or is it right. January yep. 1? Okay, I, so at, at the 1st of January, that's when you have to like start training, claim an affiliation with, a, with an organization, you, right? Yeah, but the box. Yeah, but you have to show that you train there a majority of the time. Mm-hmm. Four days. It's either three or four days. I can't remember the actual standard. There, there are actually stipulations written yes. out though. Yeah. Right. There's three or four days. I think it's I think it's I think it's three, but it might be four. It mm-hmm. seems like it says a majority of your training, mm-hmm. right? So here's what's happening. They have this in place. And this is only for the team series. Right. Only for the team. Because he won't don't want teams stacking teams. Mm-hmm which is bullshit. He's trying to create this product, right? To showcase. And at the expense of saying, this is the actual affiliate. That's the best qualified. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge rift that happens. There's athletes that are coming in from another gym that their owner has recruited. Okay. Mm -hmm. Coming in and now they're bumping off they're one of their top athletes at that gym. Mm-hmm. How do you think that top athlete feels? How do you think that makes them feel that they've been busting their ass for three years at your gym, doing all the extra work, listening to everything you say, trying to put everything into it, and then you go openly recruit someone from your the exact same community mm-hmm. that is going to drive to your gym to work out three or four days a week just to show that they're there the majority of the time. Mm-hmm. So they're going up on the weekend and then doing one other day through the week now they're considered one of their, you know, that's where they train at full time. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be a member. They don't have to sign up. They don't have to pay. It's just how many days do you train at this gym? Is that your full-time gym? And they're only doing it during the open season, right? And I, and I think a good parallel for this that some people might be able to understand is, I, I mentioned before, I used to coach uh, volleyball, youth girls. And in Southern California, like I said, where the first volleyball came out of the ground, <laughs> you would see sometimes where these girls that didn't necessarily live in the right school district, right. All of a sudden start migrating to these other schools Mm -hmm. or private schools. And because they would have an address, like a relative or something that was in that district. Right. And so then you create these super teams and and, and a lot of this, you see in uh, high school football in Texas Uh, with me just living there. That was one of the things that was a huge problem is that, you know, you have all these basically football factories that were created because people will have these addresses that say they are aligned with a particular school district. Yeah. Now, if you're talking about a different sport, if you, if you're talking about high school, they literally, there's stipulations, there's boundaries, there's boundaries. And and those are hard lines. Those are very hard lines. All he did with making it more flexible for these teams to create these bigger, more impactful super teams. 
they 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 may only have one member from their gym on, on that team. On that team, mm-hmm. the other three, right, are they're probably it's going to be they need six good athletes. But the other three that would fulfill that team are not even they're not even from their gym. They're not they're they could be from three separate gyms. Mm-hmm. And the the issue I have with are we trying to find the best gym? Or are we trying to find the best gym that is the best at recruiting to make these teams? Which one is it? And this is actually something that they do validate. Because I don't, I think it was maybe two years ago, uh, one of the teams from the Middle East, CrossFit Yaz, they actually got disqualified because some of their athletes right. were not affiliated during the requisite time frame. Absolutely. So I'm not sure how they validate it, but they actually do go through. You're supposed to check and, in, show proof of a timestamp okay. that you're actually training at the faci- this facility mm-hmm. so many days through the week. They go through, if people can question it, they have to go through and they have to prove that they were there training. Mm-hmm. So usually you see an Instagram post or a Facebook post of some random whatever. Hey, just oh, so my the walk. proof is even kind of soft then. In my opinion. Okay. Right. It's not like you have to sit there and give them. It's not like you have a time card or something. Right. There's no, there's not punching in, punching out here. Here's my DNA. (laughs) What the hell? So if the rec, if the requirements are kind of loose, do you think that's with intention? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I think it's with absolute intention. Compared to baseball, baseball was taking this huge and they still are. It's becoming, you know, least pop or less popular every single mm-hmm. year as far as a sport so damn long balls <laughs> yes right juice in the balls they had yeah. the home run Court race bats. back yeah. in the day with mcguire yeah. it's sosa you know and bonds mm. they do bonds gaining 45 pounds in the mm-hmm. offseason at age, Two hat sizes. at age 40 yeah but you know they had they're trying to they know steroids is prevalent in major league baseball mm-hmm. they're juicing the balls they're just everything's changing to try to create a a more spe- exciting sport a spectacle they okay. want a spectacle because they need more viewers more viewers equals more money mm-hmm. so castro is trying to do the same thing he's allowing he's opened the floodgates to this freaking ridiculous allowment of people just coming from all over willingly and also being recruited heavily and at the same time sometimes they're being People are being paid. They're getting gear, whatever it mm-hmm. is. There's, there's compensated. Certain, they're getting compensated. Well, and on top of that, they ha- they know they have a shot to go to regionals, mm-hmm. right? Everybody wants to go to regionals. So something that you've said previously on a couple of other shows, you've mentioned about how you feel that CrossFit is going more towards a sport. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think this Where's is- Where's the money? Do you think this is an attempt for this to become a sport? Yeah, I, I mean, we, we're already we're already CrossFit is already identified as quote the sport of fitness, right? But by Castro, by and, Castro and, and, and yeah, and, yeah, and CrossFit. So one of my, I remember one of my concerns when they first did the branding with Reebok was that, oh shit, where's this going? Mm-hmm. And then I think that's evidenced by the swell we saw mm-hmm. in boxes because when I first got to San Antonio in 2010, I want to say there were roughly maybe 30 boxes, and it peaked up to about 60. When I left in 2014, they were down to about 30, 40 again. Right. So, I mean, there were boxes popping up and shutting down because people were like, oh, CrossFit, CrossFit, CrossFit. And people signing those deals with those Reebok CrossFit affiliates. Yeah. And then next thing you know, they were shutting down. Right. I'm not saying that. Here's what I know. I know the what he did as an affiliate owner. Uh, I've trained a games athlete. I've worked with regional athletes. I've worked with high caliber individuals. But here's what I know as a affiliate there's no fucking way anybody's ever coming to my gym 
right, to form a super team. Mm-hmm. I, I, if we cannot develop the talent here internally, internally, okay, then we're not going to send the team. We never will. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm, I'm never going to say, you know what, we're one female away from this or one male away from going to regionals. Let's put out a Craigslist ahead. Right. No, or <laughs> let's be shady and let me start messaging other gyms in our communities, top athletes and mm-hmm. saying, Hey, why don't you come train with us? Mm-hmm. Why don't we make a push for regionals? First off, if you want a regional team, man, the fuck up, train your athletes, mm-hmm. right? Develop them. If you want them to be great, make them great. Right now. I know certain things go into it to being a great athlete, but it's not just the programming. They have to have certain, there's certain criteria as an athlete. If you want to take it to that next level, mm-hmm. you can't just take random Joe B. Not and, everybody has no, the never, capacity physically, genetically, men- mentally, mentally, absolutely to become a games athlete. And there, and some, and the ones that do aren't trainable. They're not coachable, mm-hmm. right? They can have all that shit and don't matter. All that raw talent. And don't matter because they, they're so arrogant and you can't coach them. They're never wrong. They don't want to work on their improvements, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So I know as an affiliate, I'll never, ever, ever allow that to happen. If we get a member that comes from another gym and they join our gym, right? And they are a part of our community. That's totally different than mm-hmm. me messaging someone saying, then you, hey. Then you go out and poaching. Po- it's ex- you're, that's the exact word mm-hmm. is what it is. Well, that's what we used to call it in volleyball was poaching. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's just, it's an absolute, I don't, in my opinion, to do that as an owner, you're first off, you're being disrespectful to that community you're trying to take an athlete from. You're de- being disrespectful to your community because you're taking someone else and trying to replace someone that's been busting their ass for you for how long? And you're trying to replace them because you're telling them they're not good enough. Here's the thing. If they're that close, you can get them there if you're a good coach. If you want them to be great and they're that close, that you're on the fringe, get them over that, mm-hmm. right? Put the time into your athletes. Stop sitting here and going to these other coaches or other gyms who are have great coaches and have developed great athletes and trying to take them from them. Because here's what it is. First off, the athlete's going to tell the coach or the, mm-hmm. the owner, right? Mm-hmm. That athlete that's being, trying to be poached is going to tell the owner. What do you think the owner, and how do you think the owner feels that their members are being messaged, right, from mm-hmm. another CrossFit gym secretly trying to get them to go to another gym. How do you, what do you think that does to the community? What do you think that does out mm-hmm. of respect from one gym owner to the next? There is none. And I think, and as an, I mean, obviously I'm never going to get approached like that, but an individual, I, I think on a certain level that would be like, wow, this person really thinks I could help get them to that next level. Right. So there's gotta be a certain sense of like pride that someone has acknowledged the hard work that you've done. But at the same time, do they have the wherewithal to sit there and think about, well, shit, if I leave and go with them, what is it? What's that telling my family here? You they are not welcome back. It, well, and, and that's, that's the way it is. And that's one of those internal struggles because you might have someone who's really motivated and that is a goal of them. Mm-hmm. But I think like you said, in the best way to go about that is have a conversation with your owners and your coach and be like, look, I want to get to this level. Mm-hmm. I love you guys, but I don't think I'm going to get there here. This is nothing personal. Mm-hmm. I'm not leaving you because you guys have, you know, I don't like purple. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm leaving because I, I, I need to go somewhere where they can get me to this level. And, and I think that's, and I think that's an honest conversation. That's an honest, that's yeah. a 100% honest conversation. If, if your athlete wants to leave and they, and they're being real with you and you know, as an owner or coach trainer that you can't get them what mm-hmm. they need. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. What, what's 
fucked up is when these owners are messaging them secretly, mm-hmm. right? Thinking that they're the the owner of that gym's not going to find out. Mm-hmm. Like we're not in high school, mm-hmm. right? First off, I'm trying to run a business, or the other gym's also trying to run a business. Like, look, don't go behind and start stabbing people in the back because mm-hmm. guess what? You may need me down the road, mm-hmm. and you ain't gonna have it. And, well, and this community is small. Right. And I'm yeah. not just talking about our community. No, I'm talking about the, the I mean, no matter Crossfit, how big yeah. CrossFit community is, mm-hmm. the CrossFit community is small. Absolutely. You know, right. And word gets out, yeah. you know? And so that's, that's my point. Like I can understand if, if I personally didn't have the talent to take people to the next level and their opportunity arose and they said, Hey, look, like you just said, mm-hmm. you know, I really want to try to take the next step. They really want me to be a part of their team. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's a real conversation. Mm-hmm. But for me, I know what I can do, mm-hmm. right? And if you have a coach that knows and has proven that they can take people to that next level, but not only to, what do you do when you get there? That's mm-hmm. my thing, right? Do you go to games? Cool. That, you celebrate that for one day. For someone, I think at that level, that's probably the easy part. Yes. It's getting through the test that is the game. How do you do yeah. there, right? That's to get accepted to go to regionals once, one, you get... My athletes, one day to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Next you're day, tra- next when day. When that alarm clock goes off, your ass is on. training. It's on. Because guess what? It's real. Mm-hmm. You go to games. My athlete, she got one day. She got one day to one, soak it in. One day to soak it in. And I yeah. told her like, okay, okay, it's over. You qualified. Now what? Mm-hmm. Now we work. We mm-hmm. know our weaknesses. This is where the hard work This begins. is where, this is where. Now, and I say, what can you do when you get there? You know what? You qualify for games. You qualify for regionals. You do well in weightlifting. Who cares? You go to nationals. Who cares? Mark it off. My goal is not to qualify for something. My goal as an owner and coach is to get them there and then show them what's up, Mm -hmm. right? I want my athlete to be pushing for the podium at all times. Mm -hmm. Fourth place games, CrossFit or CrossFit games finisher, Mm -hmm. right? Finish sixth in the worldwide open. Mm -hmm. I, it's pretty significant. It is finishing sixth top 10 in the world whatever. What did we do when we got there? That's what I care about. Mm-hmm. Qualifying for nationals, one in fifth, taking second place. I care about what we do at nationals. I care about what we do at regionals and what we do at games. Mm-hmm. So like, I know what I offer. And these coaches that can offer that, they're going to take direct insult for people trying to rip them mm-hmm. away, right? Because they put, not only does athlete put time in, what do you think the coach the owners does? and the coaches, yep. Who do you think has developed this talent, mm-hmm. right? Collectively with the athlete, to get them to the point where you want to try to poach them. Mm-hmm. How do you think that man, that yeah, that's not going to go well. Yeah. yeah, That's not like it. Like I said, as big as CrossFit is, it's still pretty small. Absolutely. So I, I think we can both agree that the writing's on the wall. Writing's on the wall. So where do you, where, where, where is the future of the team portion of the CrossFit games going? Man, I, right now I don't like it. It's just me. You can get a lot of other people are going to be like, Oh, I like it. It's cool. You're going to have all these great teams. What do you want out of this? Do you, do you want the best CrossFit gym and their members to go and represent what used to be considered an affiliate cup, mm-hmm. right? The best gym with their members, right? Or do you want to see who can recruit, who can pay, who can offer more, right? These luxuries that smaller gyms can't and see who they can bring in and piece together and send the team under their affiliate name. They're not, my affiliate name to me and my, uh, the affiliate name to our members means something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It means something. It's prideful, right? You know, anybody would come from here, they want, they, they're proud to represent. That's why they care more about representing our gym 
than qualifying for anything. Mm-hmm. The qualification is cool. Where they place is cool. They take so much honor in representing what our gym's name is. And I, I, I think it's pretty safe to say that most athletes at their gym have pride in their gym. 100%. Yeah. Right. But how can you say that this, you have these outsiders coming in, working out with your gym now, mm-hmm. right? They're not part of your gym, right? I'm telling you from what I know, from talking to people, from my experience, they don't like it, right? They don't the, like- the, the rest of the athletes, the rest of the community? Especially their competitive side, right? They take direct offense to these, um, what we consider outsiders from mm-hmm. another gym, coming in, training to replace them. They, they take, you're gonna, you lose members. Mm-hmm. So you, are you willing to lose? Are you willing to lose someone that's always been there for you, always been there with you, and always just done every single thing you've asked, and is just missing a very small piece to make that next step? Mm-hmm. How can you do that to them? How can you feel good about yourself? That's the first. The second, how can you feel good as an owner sending these people who aren't even a part of your gym representing your gym. No, look how good you did recruiting. That's why people were pulling for friendship a couple years ago, right? They, I remember you telling yeah, me about that because um, we barely knew each other and mm-hmm. we met each other. This is when regionals were still taking place in Columbus, which is about an hour uh, east of mm-hmm. us. And I remember talking to you and I just remember hearing like these loud ass cheers for this team that was, they weren't in the lead, but they were like, they were chugging and they were working and they were getting, and they were getting it. And they, they and, missed and, it by and, one spot. And it was the, I mean, they were getting the loudest cheers in the mm-hmm. whole damn gym. And I was like, why? I was like, what's going on, dude? And yeah. you, and you told me, he was like, well, this is one of the last gyms that, that is a true you know, affiliate. team built within that affiliate. Absolutely. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I get it. And, and, and like I said, as, as big as CrossFit is where it's central regionals, everybody in that damn Coliseum was screaming their damn heads off for them because they wanted to see that team succeed. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. They want to see them succeed because they are homegrown. They're home taught. Okay. The uh, Jeff, there's a, a great guy. Jenny Borda went team that time for the first, I think it's been the first time. I don't know if it's the first time ever, and if it was, it's, it's been a while. She's a two or three year individual regional qualifier mm-hmm. in a row. Um, and she went team mm-hmm. and they did, they did wonderful. They barely missed it. Everybody was pulling for them because they were homegrown. They all work out together. Mm-hmm. They all train together. It, no one was recruited and mm-hmm. that was their people. And that's why people were pushing for them. And cause you know what? Gyms may say they don't give two shits, but they care about that. They think mm-hmm. it's cool. They don't, they don't, no one likes these super teams. I've heard every story that you could imagine about the, the gyms that do that. And I've heard the inside stuff from the people who have been part of it. No one likes it, right? No, someone's feelings are going to get hurt. And the feelings that get hurt, that get hurt are going to be those people who've always been there for you. And, and like you said, I think the writing on, is on the wall and it is a business, a yep. multi-million dollar business. Right. Um, and I you're talking about CrossFit. You're talking about CrossFit as an incorporated company. I believe there's more CrossFit affiliates than there are Domino's pizzas in the world. I read that statistic somewhere, which I found to be really odd. Yeah. But it is indeed a business. And it's not us that they need to convince to watch the CrossFit games Mm -hmm. or do CrossFit. It's those people that are outside of our of of our bubble right now that they're trying to recruit. And I think as an unfortunate result of them wanting to get bigger, they have to create something that is more friendly on television that's easier to watch and understand 
Right. And that was his excuse. It was easier to watch four people than it is six. And and I think this is just one of those things where eventually it's going to go away from an affiliate cup yep. and it's just going to be almost like a professional competition. Yeah. The affiliate cup's gone. It's It's gone. It's never coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people now are going teams because of this. There's mm-hmm. probably going to be even more now. When they went super regionals, that's when you started seeing these big influxes of teams of individual competitors, knowing that they were going to go to regionals and finish 15th mm-hmm. or 10th. Mm-hmm. They knew they couldn't break that top 10, right? So these top 10 regional athletes are now going team. And then th- these are your super teams. They're all coming together. They're, they know if they can put together six top 10, right? Or say top 15 athletes, women and men, they know they're going to go to regionals and crush it. Mm-hmm. And not only crush it, but have a really sh- good shot at going to games, which everybody wants to go to games, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's for the free gear, but we're just saying that you went. <laughs> I don't know what the hell. But yeah, I don't, you know, obviously I disagree with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, this is just a quick conversation we were talking about over beer and pizza, like usual. <laughs> and just something that was on our minds, and especially with the open coming up. You know, and the significant changes to the format, just something we thought we'd want to talk about. So let us know what you think and where you see the future of the teams going. And, you know, if, if you if you feel the same way as Castro or just t- tell us what you think, because we want to know. Cause, yeah, I want to know. You know. Tell me what you feel. And, you know, do you, you know, do you do you would you rather see the 16 format or would you rather see a 14 format or would you rather see super teams or would you rather see an affiliate? Yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of ways this thing can go now. And, you know, only. Only HQ knows what direction it's going to go because they're the ones that make the choice. All right. So that brings this week's episode to a close, talking about the CrossFit games and the teams. So, our call to action for this week send us an email sharing your thoughts on the changes to the teams and where you'd like to see it go or where you think it should stay. Got anything else, bro? I think I said enough. It's going to piss some people off, but whatever. I don't care. It's the truth. People don't like the truth, though, Mo. They don't like it. It's very true. Yeah. The wise man once said that. All right. Was this his name is- Brody? <laughs> <laughs> I am Mo, and I'm out. Later. Thank you for listening to the One More Rep Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at One More Rep Podcast or on Twitter at Can I Get One More? Or shoot us an email at Can I Get One More at gmail.com. No, it's something stupid as in you're taking a selfie and then. (laughs) Thanks, Ange. Bye. (laughs) That'll be our outtake for this week. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, right in the middle. You're you're the outtake for the week, Angie. (laughs) Hurry up and slam the door. (laughs) Yeah, they're still talking. Right in the middle of our fucking flow. (laughs) Come on. I forget the fuck we were.